This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Chris, we need to factor in bigger breaks into your podcasting schedule. (laughs) I'm actually chained to this table. (laughs) They haven't let me out since 11 (laughs) a.m. Welcome back, listeners, future callers, and cooking enthusiasts. This is Dinner SOS, the show where we help you save dinner, or whatever you're cooking. I'm Chris Morocco, food director of Bon Appetit and Epicurious. So if you've been listening to the show, you know that a lot of our callers have some serious skills in the kitchen. Sure, they may need inspiration or a little push technique-wise, but for the most part, they know their way around an ingredient list. But today's caller, Whitney, is starting from a bit of a different spot. I don't really know how to prep vegetables. I was at a a dinner once. Somebody handed me some bell peppers to dice. And she just saw this look of panic come over my face. (laughs) She called us from Victoria, British Columbia. Now, Victoria is the capital of the Canadian province. And it's also an incredible food city. Victoria has such a high caliber of locally owned restaurants that you could walk into any place and it would be very unlikely that you would have an underwhelming food experience. And unfortunately, therein lies Whitney's problem. I love food. I'm obsessed with going out and trying new flavors, but I am useless as a cook. And yeah, I find myself just really, truly floundering when it comes to actually creating food and cooking and being in the kitchen. First of all, you're not alone. I think so many people starting out as cooks are wrestling with that constantly. What you can access out in the world is just obviously leaps and bounds beyond what, you know, many folks might be able to execute at home. Yeah, I would say that's absolutely right. And I think there's a little bit of a compounding factor in that when I was growing up, food, it just wasn't really a main area of focus for my parents, my family. Mm -hmm. A lot of what we ate growing up came from sort of cans and bags and boxes. And it wasn't for lack of care, but I think it was just, it was the most economical in terms of time and energy. Yeah. You know, life is full. You know, for a lot of people, convenience foods are just that, right? Like being able to open up a can of something or a box of something. I mean, that's something that I do too, just full disclosure. Let me ask you a question. When you go out, what are the kinds of things you enjoy eating most? Oh, gosh. If I think about how my friends would describe me, they would say bougie. I think, yeah, I, I like trying new things. I like things that feel exciting or innovative or, you know, combinations that, I might not have heard of or thought of. 
Got it. Literally writing down, loves bougie foods. Okay, <laughs> check. I think because of that desire to go out and try new things and experience new flavors, I've had so many incredible food experiences that sometimes I almost feel like I'm defeating myself before I even get started because I have such a strong idea of what I know things can taste like. And because I may or may not have such bougie inclinations, I'm also mm-hmm. using pretty expensive ingredients or just really high quality ingredients too. So I get really stressed out. You know, I have to make sure that I get this right. I have to make sure I do this the right way because I don't want to be wasting this or disrespecting the food that I'm working with. Okay. Is there something that you cooked, you know, that you had high hopes for, but you just felt came up short in the execution? Yes. I had it in my mind that I was going to make this beautiful dinner for a partner at the time. And I made lamb chops on the grill, which actually turned out pretty well, but I'm losing the name of the dish, but it's where you mash potatoes and then you use a piping bag onto a tray and then you put them in the oven so they get kind of brown and crispy. Palm duchesse? Probably. But my problem was I really wanted to use sweet potatoes and I didn't take into account that they were too fibrous really to be piped. And then I started panicking. So instead, we ate a really blobby mash, and it did not at all look how I wanted it to. <laughs> I love that you like you went for it, and you, and you piped it out and everything. I, I tried to. It was a disaster. I think, listen, there's no real shortcut to getting some of that technical skill and know-how, but... I do think we can put together a whole number of recommendations for you of recipes that will really kind of hold your hand through the process. Yeah, I would place my fate entirely in your hands. I think I've learned the hard way not to go rogue, at least until I establish my skills a little bit more. Entirely. And ultimately, that is the goal, right? I'm really excited to kind of do a deep dive on some solutions for you here. And clearly, you're somebody who has embraced those instances in which you've tasted things that are just totally new and revelatory to you. And that's a great asset to have going into this and frankly, just to have as a cook in general. Yeah, I'm excited to see where this goes. To solve Whitney's SOS, I needed to find a real confidence builder, someone with dinner SOS experience, someone who's apparently listened to every single episode of this very podcast. The mailbag episode was cute. That's right. Whitney needed food editor and frequent dinner SOS co-host Shilpa Eskokovich. I haven't had a chance to listen to it. It's time to just sit around listening to podcasts all the time. I ask you. I'm glad that you listened to it. (laughs) After I cornered her on a busy day in the test kitchen, I gave her the lowdown on Whitney's issue, including the sweet potato pomme duchesse kerfuffle. For the uninitiated, pomme duchesse is a classic French potato preparation. It's basically mashed potatoes piped or molded into a shape and then baked. And if you're going, I have never, never heard of this dish, well, there's a good reason for that. Have you made pommel chef? I'm like in colors. culinary school. Yeah. In colors. It's one of those things like the name came never... out of my mouth, but I was like, I need to fact check this. This is not something I've thought about. So let's finish this. Like, pommel chef, yes, sweet potatoes. Lacking instincts about how to work with and assess vegetables, you know, maybe. 
But the crux of what it sounds like Whitney wants to do is really to be able to have a group of people over and serve them a meal. That is, you know, kind of impressive. But, you know, I think just the sheer fact that, like, Whitney's clearly not afraid of strong flavors and doing something ambitious. Yeah. What can we do? Mm. Yeah, I mean, you need that sense of fearless adventure. In the yeah, kitchen, that's That willingness smart. to take risk and know that sometimes if things go south, that's okay. It's totally free. Totally. I mean, look at us in the test kitchen. Like, a lot of things go wrong before oh, they yeah. get right. So, um, great. So, that we is. want, like, a full menu. This could be a full menu. And it yeah. is a competition. It is a competition. Some, I'm for win. some more than others. <laughs> All right, I'm cutting off your mic. With Shilpa on board and bringing some competitive heat to our menu tete-a-tete, I knew I needed to bring something really exciting to the table for Whitney. After the break, we get her back on the line to give her some recipes. Hi, friends. I'm Cameron Rogers, host of Freckle Foodie and Friends podcast, which is now on Dear Media. Are you wondering what just happened to your life after having a baby or struggling with your mental health during postpartum? That was me just a few months ago. Are you working on healing your relationship with yourself, your body, and or food? Same. We are all on a journey to self-love and acceptance, and I am right there with you. That's what Freckle Foodie and Friends is all about, reminding you that no matter what, you are not alone. Make sure to tune in for season five, launching with Dear Media on November 9th and subscribe to listen to new episodes every Wednesday morning. And we're back with Dinner SOS. Now, before the break, caller Whitney asked for help as a self-described unconfident cook, but she has big culinary ambitions too. I feel like you were trying to kind of dial things up a little bit does that feel fair? Oh, yeah. I definitely want people to think that I'm, like, cool and smart and amazing, for sure. <laughs> you are cool and smart and amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think sometimes I feel like, you know, my go-to advice is kind of like, who are we trying to impress? You know, if your friends don't love you for who you are and don't want to eat whatever you feel like making that day, screw them. <laughs> is there any other way to live? Um, but I do think, you know, bringing a little bit more technique, a little bit more intention, you know, into a dinner party situation is not a crazy proposition. And where I was going with this, Whitney, was feeling like, let's get a little fancy, a centerpiece main. And I'm thinking Wellington, okay? And for anybody, you know, who's unfamiliar with the world of Wellington, we're talking about meat encased, usually with some sort of like stuffing or very often mushrooms um, and other aromatic ingredients, and then encased by puff pastry. A Wellington is all about the presentation. But then in in terms of how you serve it, it's so easy. You just slice and go. Mm -hmm. So it's like borderline country club cooking, but I'm here for it. It's fine. I have two to suggest. I have a char sioux Wellington. That was a good one. From Peter Somme, which is a brilliant mashup of a traditional Wellington, which would normally use beef tenderloin. He uses pork loin and uses hoisin, and there's some other tweaks in there to kind of bridge this kind of gap between sort of like Chinese, Chinese Chinese-American, and British influences. And I think it's just genius. And 
The next Wellington, if you wanted to go even a click more traditional, yet still, frankly, not very traditional because I just had to mess with it, it's the beef Wellington with green sauce. And this is more of a traditional take, but with some stealthy flavor enhancers, like a little bit of soy sauce. I think I have mustard in there. I use a little bit of maitake mushroom in the mushroom duck cell, so it's really wow. kind of amped up. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate the validation. <laughs> And that is a very fun one. And so, and then as a side. I'm scared. <laughs> as a side, Whitney, I think you should take another crack at Palme Duchesse. Oh, no. Christopher. I told you I had an ace up my sleeve. Shilpa, Shilpa's just like reeling. She can't believe I am, it. Especially because we both, <laughs> we both concluded that neither of us have made it since culinary school. You know what, know what I realized, though? And here you are prescribing it out willy-nilly to anyone and everyone. But here's where things are going to go sideways, okay? And I know I'm taking up way too much time. No, it's okay. We're on a journey together. <laughs> I'm and nobody's getting off the boat. <laughs> Clearly not. Okay. We're all on the Wellington boat. Let's go. <laughs> so we have a recipe for Duchess baked potatoes. And I actually worked on this recipe. This is from Anne Redding and Matt Danzer of Uncle Boone's uh, yes. fame mm -hmm. here, a very much beloved restaurant in New York. And it's a large format Duchess baked potato. So it's reinforced with egg, but it's not piped. But you can do a kind of really fun scallop design across the top. So if you could let go of the piping kind of fancy fancy, this would be a great one. But I did a little look and we don't have a version of Palm Duchesse that's piped. Do you know what came up front and center? It was a serious eats recipe. Oh. And this was the clincher. This is the one that's going to take you down, Shilpa. <laughs> okay. I don't um, think I'm ready, Chris. <laughs> the quote from the text that I would like to present and I'm, I shall drop this microphone is when you want to impress, go with Duchesse. <laughs> I've lost it. I might have freaked Whitney out. I'm still um, with you. All right. Amazing. Thank you. <laughs> okay. I'm going to attempt to follow that up. Great. And I sort of went in a different direction and more in alignment with what you said in the beginning, Chris, which is, who are you trying to impress? Mm. I've come to realize most people who come to a dinner party don't really care for the food. And just the act of being there together, just the thought that they don't have to cook and clean dishes for tonight. Oh, is, that's the gift. And I think that's something to think about with cooking. And Whitney, there will always be some factor of the unknown, some fear. But don't let that stop you from cooking. Uh, the first one that I chose was actually your pear and radish salad with blue cheese and Ooh. nori. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful. It was so simple. And I think, Whitney, because you mentioned saying that you would like to learn something from each dish. And this is a great dish where you can practice your knife skills. You can practice using a mandolin safely. Easy to make, minimal ingredients, but high payoff. Mm -hmm. And then for the mains, I have Kendra's turmeric lime chicken mm. from our recent issue, which... I think was so great because, again, there are so many valuable lessons in that chicken. It teaches you to spatchcock a chicken. And to me, this is the most important part of the recipe. It gets baked at a moderate 375, which I've found is like the sweet spot for roasting a chicken. Because, sure, you won't get shatteringly crisp skin, but you always get an evenly cooked bird and it's nice and juicy. There is like a myth that crispy skin on a roast chicken is possible and it's just not I'm sorry. Case closed. I will not Fair. be taking further questions. I agree. It lasts for 30 seconds and it's gone. So don't chase it. And Kendra's recipe has like a sauce, but 
for this menu, you don't have to make the sauce because the side is Hannah's arroz verde with Ooh. mushrooms, which I thought was such a great dish. It's mm. so brilliant. And again, so many teachable moments in that teaches you how to cook rice, which I can't do for sh- even now. It took me uh, a shocking amount of time to learn how to cook so rice. so difficult. And then I still like, I'll use a different pot than I'm used to. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I'm like back a, to a neophyte. One. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely not. I gave up. I just used the zoji roshi. <laughs> Um, But if you're willing and brave, Hannah teaches you how to cook rice. And then it's a lot about clever cooking because she uses this one sauce that she splits. She reserves some as the finishing sauce, and then she uses some to perfume and flavor the rice, which I think is just so smart. All of these really valuable lessons that translate into many other different things that you could use. And I think finally for dessert. Oh, (laughs) dessert. I always forget about dessert. How can you? For dessert is when I touched on the fancy frugal story, Mm. and I chose the caramel oranges Mm. from that story. Mm -hmm. Again, so many teachable moments in this. How to make a caramel, for instance. And if you mess it up, it's fine. So it takes that fear out of you know, making a caramel, which can feel intimidating, but it's an important lesson to learn. So these were definitely simpler than a Wellington, <laughs> but there are lots of teachable moments, uh, but it's still impressive at the end of the day. I mean, that's a great menu. All right, Whitney, do you have any questions or any other thoughts? Well, I'm definitely, I'm stricken and mystified at the idea of something being spatchcocked. <laughs> It definitely, it evokes an emotion, but not a visual. <laughs> you feel it more than you see it? <laughs> I think please, so. Please come back for every podcast episode. Ever. From now on. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> so a spatchcock chicken for the uninitiated is one that has had its backbone removed. And so such as... Which a, sounds the, vicious. The, which sounds easy. vicious, but it's okay. And the chicken is then flattened. So, you know, chicken under a brick... You know, that is a a classic kind of use of a spatchcock chicken. It can be a little intimidating for home cooks, but it renders a very three-dimensional object much more two-dimensional. And I think it cooks much more evenly. It cooks faster. You know, when we started the conversation, we were talking about, like, who are you trying to impress? And when I think about trying to put together an impressive meal for my friends and loved ones, it's less about trying to earn approval. It's more about the, the fact that I... I'm lucky to be surrounded by so many amazing people. And I would love to present them with something that really reflects how much I love and adore and respect them. And I think that you both have presented me with a quandary because it sounds like all of these dishes would really communicate that level of love and care. You've given me lots to think about for sure. That's very wholesome. Well, listen, you've got some decisions to make here and cannot wait for the follow-up and to hear what you ultimately do and all the ways in which you create a special and memorable event. Yeah, I'm excited. So we sent Whitney away with some highly ambitious recipes to choose from. After the break, we'll find out which she picked and how it went. Hello, parents, homeschoolers, and teachers. Trusty narrator here from the Who Sparted podcast. Our 15-minute episodes are perfect for car rides, bedtime, break time, class time, or any time. We make learning science and history fun and funny for 7 to 11-year-olds with new episodes every week. Look for Who Smarted on any podcast platform or at whosmarted.com. And teachers get a free subscription to our ad-free version by clicking educators at whosmarted.com. 
Welcome back to Dinner SOS. When we left off, Shilpa and I had given Whitney some skill-stretching recipes to make an impressive meal for her loved ones. So we were highly curious as to which menu she'd choose. So I decided to make the beef wellington with green sauce and the duchesse potatoes. I originally was going to be making a big dinner, and one by one, everybody dropped like flies. So... My boyfriend and I are going to be eating this entire large meal together. This is by far the most ambitious dish I've ever attempted. And I'm sitting here like an architect. I printed out the recipes. I have all of these schematics. It's kind of like that movie, A Beautiful Mind. We very much, I think, will see. Oh my goodness. Those are bold choices. They were big choices. <laughs> and how disappointing that you weren't able to have other guests there to share that with you. You know, it sounds like I'm making it up, but in the most Canadian possible moment, one of our friends had to stay home because she was too sore from hockey practice. <laughs> <laughs> that was unexpected. <laughs> that was definitely unexpected. <laughs> Before we hear how Whitney's Duchesse Redemption went, I want to explain how to make both of the recipes she chose, the beef wellington with green sauce and Duchess baked potatoes. For the wellington, the first step is to make the mushroom duck cell, which includes finely chopped bacon, shallots, garlic, thyme, and two kinds of mushrooms. I like maitake and cremini. As a twist on the classic wellington preparation, I also include soy sauce in this mixture. Then you season and sear your beef tenderloin on all sides, getting it ready to be the centerpiece of the dish. Roll out your store-bought puff pastry, then top it with the mushroom mixture. Slather the tenderloin with Dijon mustard and wrap the pastry and mushrooms around the meat, forming a nice big log. Chill, brush with egg wash, and bake. After you take it out of the oven and let it rest, you should have a golden brown pastry encasing a perfectly medium-rare piece of meat. Serve alongside a puree of cilantro, parsley, anchovies, garlic, oil, lemon juice, and Dijon mustard. For the Duchess baked potatoes, boil some Yukon gold potatoes until soft, then pass them through a ricer or food mill to get them extra smooth. Fold them into a mixture of egg yolks, garlic, cream, sour cream, butter, and peppercorns. Then transfer the whole thing to a baking dish and decoratively swirl the surface. Bake until golden brown and enjoy Duchesse success. So there was the disappointment around the guest list and all of that. But your experience of cooking these dishes, what was that like? It was incredibly stressful. Ultimately, it was rewarding. Mm. But... I mean, so when I say that I have never even begun to attempt something like this before, I I had to buy salt for the recipe. (laughs) You know, like that's kind of where I was Uh, starting from. Chris is speechless, in case you can tell. And then I... Yeah, it's a commentary on how rarely I cook. I, I'm blessed with a boyfriend who's very accomplished in the kitchen. And I think to the greater health of us both, I tend to defer to him. But yeah, so I really was starting from zero. I had actually considered also making the pear and radish salad. Uh huh. That would have been dynamic. But I would have had to buy the mandolin. You know, like I, oh. 
I was very much starting from the basic here. Gotcha. Well, you know what? We all start where we start. And that's okay. Like, and I don't think I quite grasped that, you know, that's kind of where you were coming into this exercise yes. from, right? I was getting the impression, oh, you know, you are a regular entertainer, perhaps an unconfident cook, but a, you know, a cook of sorts yes, nonetheless. An ambitious one. An Who ambitious made one. sweet potato duchesse. Duchesse, right? <laughs> and I think... Oh my gosh, I'm not going to say like we set you up to fail because I don't think they were overly complicated recipes, even for something of a novice, but they wouldn't necessarily have been my first or second choices. Because I think part of just understanding cooking is just developing that sense of timing. In coming in hot with a two-pound piece of tenderloin wrapped in a little mushroom duck cell, puff pastry, a whole you know, 9 by 13 pan of Palm Duchesse riding shotgun. I mean, that's like point being like you're, you're coming in. Very fast. bold. Very yeah. bold. Very bold. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yes. I'm just as speechless as you were before with the salt. I admire you even more now. Oh, for sure. I'm curious why you chose, you know, tackling an ambitious menu over something simpler. What motivated you to go in this direction? I mean, really, honestly, these recipes that you two offered, they felt very ambitious and very intimidating, but no more so than really anything else. <laughs> like, mm. I, oh, I'm i okay. really starting off with pretty low foundational levels of knowledge. So I, I think in a way, it, it was actually kind of fun to look at something and think to myself, oh, this is impossible. There's no way. But just to challenge myself to plot away and try at it. Yeah, that's what cooking is about. It's about repetition. It's about making mistakes and realizing, oh, this was wrong. Next time I'm going to fix that. I mean, nobody becomes a great cook just by making things one time. It's like doing things again and again and again. And that's how you become a great cook. So what was the most panic-inducing moment? Was it working with that Wellington or was it something else? I think overall it was the timing and just the coordination of everything. There were a few steps along the way where I kind of missed a few points of the recipe just because I was so distracted by everything else going on. Mm -hmm. Nothing catastrophic, but I think it was just the project coordination aspect is where yeah. I stumbled. Yeah. When you sat down to eat everything ultimately with your boyfriend, what was going through your head? Well, I saw a look of trepidation come across his face, <laughs> but... Overall, I think uh, we were both pretty impressed. I think the potatoes, I would say, overall, were just a resounding success. Mm. I mean, the great thing about a Wellington is it looks so pretty and it looks like something that's very hard to make. But yeah, it, you know, it worked. I made a meal. Nobody died. Nothing went on fire. <laughs> Always uh, a plus. Nobody was poisoned. <laughs> Nobody so died. I, I'll take that as a success. Everyone, even if you're an advanced cook, I think timing is such a hard thing. Especially in restaurants, it's different. People don't realize that the work is split up among yeah. so many people that one dish can come from two different stations or cooks. But trying to do that with that same precision at home is virtually impossible. Whitney, just know that that aspect that you struggled with is something that everybody struggles with, no matter what their uh, cooking skills are. So everything else that you did and achieved, I think you should really be happy and proud of it. Thank you. Whitney, where where do we go from here? Are you just kind of giving the salt away to somebody out on the street? Are you kind of swearing off cooking? Or is this the start of a beautiful friendship with culinary Diamond endeavors? Crystal. <laughs> with Diamond Crystal. <laughs> Overall, I'm inspired. 
you know, I really honestly never thought that I could pull something like this off. And there was a lot that I learned. You know, I had never prepared mushrooms before. Mm. So having to go through and chop a pound of mushrooms by hand, like even that, like handling the knives, seeing mm -hmm. like, how would I cut this and what needs to go into the cutting of this? I used a lot of ingredients that I never would have used before and sort of got thinking about how they taste, how they would taste with other things. So Overall, I feel inspired. I did make a commitment that I, it was uh, my New Year's resolution is that I would cook for my boyfriend, Tyler, at least once a month mm. and make a, a new recipe each time. I came out swinging with this one. I, I might walk it back to something a little simpler next time. Yeah. All I would love to leave you with, Whitney, I know like you have this instinct based on what you're eating and seeing out in the world to kind of recreate like that level of kind of like ambitious cooking. But there is nothing more delicious than a cacio e pepe that you make yourself or just a really simple pasta with store-bought pesto in which, you know, the seasoning is right, ample parm, ample pasta cooking liquid, and you've executed it yourself. That's where like the true satisfaction comes. Because if you're driving yourself crazy during the exercise, you're not going to want to recreate that experience, right? But I'm not saying like, don't be ambitious if that's what you want to be, but also don't forget like food can be beautiful in its simplicity. I, I fully agree. I hope you do, you know, kind of keep going. I do hope that, you know, at least like you cook for your boyfriend every month and, and allow yourself to enjoy it, whatever that means. Yeah. I'm just, I'm still mind blown by the salt. fact that you went from no box of salt no to salt. making a whole beef wellington. I mean, <sighs> I could never. Mad respect to you. Thank you. Yeah, totally. This is, it's been the wind beneath my wings. <laughs> Amazing. But I think March, our menu might be a little bit simpler. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Wind it back. No need to impress. Yeah, okay. For sure. All right. Pleasure, Whitney. Thank you. Thanks so much. Bye. Right. Bye. So, it turns out that even a saltless beginner can put together a pretty freaking great meal. But it wasn't without its hurdles. And so I leave you with some dispatches from Whitney's Kitchen in the hopes that if you're also a beginner, you won't feel so alone. I think I bought, I know that I bought sardines instead of anchovies by accident. I'm looking at these mushrooms. Did they come from planet Earth? I have no way of knowing. The potatoes are in the oven. The Wellington is wrapped and chilling in the fridge. I feel like I've lived a thousand lives. So we're going to be eating Wellington for a while, but I'm happy to say that I think that's not necessarily a bad thing in this case. What do you think? It is very good. <laughs> Thank you. If you have a dinner emergency on your hands, write to us at dinnersos at bonappetit.com or leave us a voice message at 212-286-SOS1. That's 212-286-7071. And folks, for an upcoming episode, we are looking for all of your questions about eating and cooking sustainably. Having trouble decoding the difference between organic and all natural? Wondering if meatless Mondays actually do make an impact? and what to cook for them. Or maybe you want help venturing into more seasonal cooking. Send in your questions and we'll try to answer. 
You can find the recipes featured on today's episode, two different Wellingtons, a pear and radish salad, a spatchcock chicken, a rose verde and citrus caramel sundae, and of course, the Duchess baked potatoes on the new Epicurious app brought to you by Condé Nast. Just search Epicurious in the app store and download today. If you enjoyed this episode, please give us a rating and review on your podcast app of choice and hit that follow button so you never miss an episode. Dinner SOS is a Condé Nast Entertainment original podcast. I'm your host, Chris Morocco. My co-host this week is Shilpa Skokovic. Our producer is Michelle O'Brien. Peyton Hayes is our associate producer. Leah Kasher is our assistant producer. Jake Loomis is our studio engineer. Amar Lal makes this episode. Special thanks to Kevin Barasa for engineering support. Next week, we've got Shilpa back behind the mic to talk all things cake. Here's the thing, Andrew. Bake yourself a cake. You know, sit on the couch in your underwear and eat your cake. (laughs) I've lost it. I've lost it. It's time for us to go home. (laughs) (laughs) And that concludes our podcast. From the creators of Who Smarted, Starglow Media, comes a brand new podcast called Mysteries About True Histories. Uh, does that sound serious enough? Uh, Max, we only have 30 seconds for this promo. Just tell them how your mysterious aunt recruited us into a secret order of problem solvers who travel time and have epic adventures. I don't have to. You just did. Catch new episodes of Mysteries About True Histories every Thursday on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts.